Welcome to Headstone Academy Equipping and Training Podcast. We provide cutting-edge foundational teaching and revelation tailored to this notable hour of history. The title of today's message is Your Light Has Come with Faith Marie Batsko. Um, so God specifically chose you from before time to live right in this time and it's the most significant hour of history, I believe. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's inside of you. But um, we'll start with the glory. Now new levels and new dimensions of glory await those who are willing to make changes. It doesn't just happen. We need to, um, we need to agree and be obedient and coordinate with the Lord and what he wants to do in us and through us. And um, when we are obedient, when we choose God, and when we are set toward Him and what He wants to do in our lives, He does the work. But there has to be that agreement with God, with heaven. And um, so when we do that, amazing things await. God's Word teaches that our transformation into greater glory comes by the renewing of the mind. He says that he's taking us from glory to glory, that we're being conformed to the image of Christ. So there is a process that begins at salvation where you're being moved from one level of glory to another level of glory. And in between those glories, there's a bit of refining and some pain maybe, (laughs) as we all know. And then we move into another level of glory and then a little bit more pain, a little bit more refining and another level of glory until we begin to shine and we begin to look like Jesus, who is inside wanting to get out. You know, he wants to get out. He wants to impact the world. He wants to shine. He wants to do things. He wants to speak. But he's going to be doing it through us. Jesus is one day going to return, but he's not here on earth right now. He's not at the corner shouting about the gospel or leading people, he's working through you and me. And so we have to give him that space inside of us. We have to allow him to take over, to fill us without measure, to remove the places that are hindering him from coming forth. And that comes with the renewing of our mind. And it's a wonderful thing when we agree with him because we just become better, nicer, nicer people. I was not a nice person when I first met Jesus. I was really selfish. And just, I'll tell you a little bit about my, my testimony later. But he makes us over into his image. And he's beautiful. He's nice. He's kind. He's good. And he wants the best for us. And that's who's living inside of us. And that's who the world needs to see. You know, we haven't done a very good job of representing Christ to the world. Otherwise, the world would be clamoring to get into a church or to get near us or whatever. So something's not quite right. But that's about to change, I think. So our minds must be renewed to make room for a fresh spiritual dynamic intended to take us to a new level and dimension of God's glory. So God has fashioned us with a body, a soul, 
and a spirit that inhabits this body. And our soul is made up of mind, will, and emotions. So we are a little bit complicated, but not. The soul has been impacted by life from we were a child, from we were born, by our circumstances, by the things we go through, by um, just the world, uh, being bombarded with images and, and um, ideas and philosophies, and we're constantly being bombarded, even if we don't realize it, with images, with ideas that are contrary to God's word, contrary to who God is. And so our soul is being impacted by that. It's being impacted by the traumas and the, the, um, the uh, troubles of life that we have been through, the pain and the hurts. Our souls have wounds and have been impacted by that. So our souls need healing. And um, they're easily impacted by the trials and the circumstances of life if it is not fiercely guarded and protected by our faith in Christ. So we need to allow God to heal that soul, heal the old, the past, because we need now to move on into the future and leave the past. So whatever remains, I don't know at what process you are at in your walk, but whatever remains to be healed, let God heal it. Forgive, repent, whatever you need to do so that you can move into the future with a, a fresh start. Amen? Amen? So Jesus is the divine shield that protects all the elements of life. And he's our shield. He's our shield of faith. He, he protects us. So in Romans, um, I love Romans 12, 2, in the Amplified, it says, um, Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. That's an incredible scripture. I'm going to read it again. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. We have to learn to think like God. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. So we need a new mind. Our mind possesses the capacity to change. We can change. I know there's a lot of people that think we can't, but we can change. Um, it, it is able to be transformed, to perceive, and to track with the movements of God. Our minds can perceive in the spiritual. We can hear God. We can see in the spiritual realm. We have to train our minds to, to, to move in that dimension. And it takes some practice, but God tells us in his word that we are spiritual beings and that we can have a relationship with God 
I mean, that's what the, the New Testament is about. Our relationship with God. We can commune with God. We have the ability to hear from God. He says, my sheep hear my voice. So many scriptures that are so simple in the word, but have we grabbed it? Have we taken a hold of it? Have we received it? Have we intentionally tried to move into it? We can hear the voice of God. And he wants to speak to you. He has things to say to you. Especially now. He has strategies for you. He has things for you to do. So if you're not in that communion, in that relationship, you're not hearing God, you are just moving through life, not aware of God's intention for your life. So you need to, you, you have that responsibility to press into God, to, to meet God, to intentionally give Him some time so that you can hear Him and practice hearing His voice, practice how he, learning how He speaks to you because He speaks to each of us in different ways. You know, He speaks mostly through His Word, but God can speak to you on the sign on a, on a truck. My friend Anne, where is she? My friend Anne, she sees, I don't know, I never see signs on trucks. She sees a sign, she sees the license plate, and it's like, oh, and God speaks to her. And I'm like, oh, I didn't see that. But um, it's amazing. He will speak to you in, in life forever. Whatever, he'll use anything to get your attention. So the mind has the ability to receive, to contain, and to hold fresh revelation Released in appointed times for God's purposes. We can, be, we can be greatly restricted in our perception of God's new thing by the inability of our minds to apprehend the heavenly vision. So we're, if we're not receiving, we're not seeing, we're not communicating, we're not perceiving what God is doing. And he says, you know, behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Are you perceiving God's new thing? He's doing a lot right now. And we need to perceive what he's doing. Our minds must be renewed and our vision enlarged in order to see the fullness of, what God, of God's majestic picture, the, the depth, the height, the width. I mean, this is God we're talking about. Creator of the universe, the world, the stars, the moon. He has so much to say that we do not know. And I'm not talking about the word. I'm just talking about where he wants to move, things he wants to do on this earth. So, and this is the God that lives inside of us. This is the God that wants to be your friend. This is the God that Moses called his friend, and Abraham called his friend. And he wants to be your friend. Amen. Amen. He is. So we must seek him to give us understanding of the old negative mindsets that need to be disposed of, that are hindering our perspective, hindering us from seeing, to take off the blinders. Mindsets that are limited, rigid, and restricted, incapable and unable to embrace the glorious destiny he has prepared for the lives of his people. He wants to remove that veil. 
Vision for God's new thing can only come to a mind that has been transformed, made pliable through brokenness, humility, love, compassion, and a deep desire to know the will of God. Guess what? Pride blinds. Oh, there's my friend Angie. <laughs> so glad to see you. Pride blinds. And it doesn't matter if you're a Christian, there's a lot of proud Christians out there. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> With religious ideas, religious spirits. A lot of pride and arrogance in the church. And that will hinder you from hearing and seeing God. Yeah. We need to humble ourselves before the awesome, almighty God that we serve. And he says that over and over in his word, you know. He says, you know, that it's the broken and the contrite. This one I will look on, he says. So we need to humble ourselves before him and press into him in order to begin to hear and perceive the thing he's doing. And I'm not talking here about salvation, because I don't know where you all, are, some of you are at in your walk. Because when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart mm -hmm. and you are born again. And God begins the work of renewing your mind and changing the old and bringing you into a new place in Him, giving you new eyes to see things the way He sees them, ears to hear His voice. So you are in that journey on the ascent to Christ, onto fullness. It said of Jesus, He was filled with the Holy Spirit without measure. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit without measure. And there's some places in our soul that shut, in, shut off God where he, you have maybe not allowed him to enter. Some private things that he's saying, come along, let's talk about this. <laughs> let's work through this issue. So, give him everything. We must stretch our vision in this hour to see something more marvelous than we have seen previously. There is always more. Always, always, always more. No one has arrived. Nobody in this room has arrived. We're talking about God who created the universe, as I said. I mean, don't think that for one moment that you have them all. <laughs> you have them all down. You don't. It's going to take eternity for us to know this God. And it begins right now. So don't allow pride to think that you're all that and you know everything. <laughs> I was there. I know about that. And God continually just threw out in, gentle, in a gentle way saying, you know nothing. Every time he'd show me revelations and teach me awesome stuff in, in his word, because he was. And I would start to think, get all puffed up, that was all that, and then he'd just come, you know nothing. And then he'd show you another piece, and another piece, and the picture just starts to form. So, you know, don't, don't go into that place. Humble, be humble before God always, and he will always give you more. Honor what he has given you. What he has shown you, write it down. Think about it. Meditate on it. You know, when he sees you honoring what he's given you, he's going to give you more. When he shows you something and then two days later you've forgotten about it 
and um, you don't treasure that thing, chances are you're not going to hear a lot more until you begin to 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 really take hold of and humble yourself and 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 be thankful that God is even in your life speaking to you. Yes. Treasure that and honor it. So are you seeing his vision for your destiny? How about you? He has a plan for your life. Um, I want to talk to just a little bit about a thief. If the mind is not guarded, it will easily be infiltrated by fear, doubt, and unbelief. These are the fruit of an orphan spirit. That's what we call it in certain spheres, an orphan spirit. It's a thief that will attempt to steal everything from you, the revelation, and push you off the ground God intends for, your, for you to occupy. So basically, the orphan spirit is one that has not perceived God as father. Father in their life, that they're accepted as a son of God, that they're part of the family of God. They're still functioning in life as an orphan and afraid of God or afraid to come too near. So we need to know him as Father and allow him to show us who we are in him, our identity. And, um, you know, I won't go into that, So, but God delivered me of an orphan spirit <laughs> because I grew up in a family of 10 children in a house that um, my parents loved us, but, you know, didn't have much time. They just go and play. And so it's sort of like you're living in an orphanage. You didn't receive the touch, didn't receive the hugs as much. Too many kids to hug, I guess. And um, so I was just sort of on my own, you know, and didn't know really what love is or what how to love, how to give love, how to receive love. I couldn't even receive it. You know, I was just like this. And God delivered me of that. And so I'm a totally transformed human being. But that's another a story. But this orphan spirit, it breeds insecurity and that tries to convince you that you're not worthy and therefore you don't belong. You're on the outside. You're just not worthy. A lot of people feel that. They're afraid to be in crowds because they're, they feel alone. It, um, it breeds doubt and unbelief. It, it tries to convince you that things will never change and that you're not capable of holding it if they do change. That you're gonna lose it somehow because nothing good ever happens to you. It breeds fear of taking the risk to believe and therefore act on something. And that if you do, you will be making a mistake. So don't do that. Don't take the risk. Don't take the chance. Just stay in your little corner in your little world. That's an orphan spirit. It breeds intimidation and fear of man that tells you that you are not good enough and convinces you to stay hidden and small. It's, um, it's the old wineskin of your mind. It's one of fear, lack, and limitation. But that is the opposite of what God intends for your life. God intends abundance, <coughs> incredible possibilities, and confidence in Him. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the invisible substance from which your physical world was and is being created by Jesus Christ. 
I don't know if you've heard of Charles Cap, but Annette Cap, his daughter, she said, God used faith substance and word energy to create the universe. He spoke and the vibration, the sound of his words released or caused the substance that became stars and planets. Wow. That's pretty incredible. A friend of mine, his name is Jonathan, a Jewish guy, he, he always sends me, you know, little tidbits on Hebrew words and their meaning. And he said this, one of the active forms of a verb is the causative. Meaning verbs that speak of causing something to be or something to happen. Medabar is the verb to speak. It is a causative, it is a causative verb form. It literally means to cause a davar. Davar is a word. To cause a word or a thing. To cause it. Not just to speak it, to actually cause that word. So logically, the verb to speak in Hebrew equally means to cause a word or to cause a thing to be. Isn't that incredible? The reason, he says, I'm explaining this to you so that you will see that in Hebrew, the action of speaking means both to cause words and to cause the things represented by those words. So when God said, let there be light, there was light. His words caused it to be. How could it not? To speak is the same as to cause it to be. So, um, I overheard a discussion once about the, the present chaos in the world. And the Lord seemed to be highlighting the word chaos to me. So I know what well, I know the word chaos. I know what it means. So I went and I looked looked it up anyway because whenever he's emphasizing a word, I want to just dig into that word. And I was just so surprised when I looked at the definition. It actually said formless matter supposed to have preceded the existence of the ordered universe. So immediately that took me to Genesis. Where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. So there was uh, like chaos. It was formless and void. So the voice of the Lord spoke, let there be light, and the Spirit of the Lord moved in to inhabit that word, causing it to come alive and burst forth into reality, and there was light, just by his spoken word. God began to highlight the fact that in the midst of chaos, the Spirit of God was moving with intentionality and purpose, brooding over the divine will. God was not surprised or disturbed or distressed by the chaos. God doesn't get distressed. He was actually working to bring forth something spectacular and glorious out of the chaos. 
So the voice of the Lord brings order. So when we see chaos in the world and our, oh, we, we immediately begin to get anxious or disturbed by the things happening around us. I need to speak that to myself because there's so much happening right now. God is not disturbed by it. He has a plan. He is hovering and brooding over the madness and the insanity. He has a plan, and that plan has a perfect time. And out of that madness, he is going to brood and birth something beautiful and glorious on this earth. That's not to say it's going to be all roses all the time. But God has a plan in it. So never forget that because sometimes when you see the chaos, you, 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 your, your tendency is to think, what's God doing? He's not in control. He is in control. He's on his throne. He sees it and he has a plan for it. The Psalms 129 says, The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. When God speaks, wow. I was thinking about that this morning, about when God speaks. But as I said before, he uses our voices. And I was thinking how powerful it is. Because God can anoint a man to speak something and change world history. And God brought to mind Ronald Reagan. You know, in the right moment of time, you know, the cries were going up to God, just like in Egypt. The cries were going up to God for 400 years. And then he wrote, he called Moses. And he said, I've come down. I've heard the cries of my people. And God moved to do something, to take them out of captivity. Whoa! And the same thing. He heard the cries of the people in captivity in Europe. They were in incredible darkness. God raises up a man. I don't know where he is in his Christian walk, but he was a leader of one of the most powerful, of the most powerful nation. And God used him. And God's word was put in his mouth. So when he opened his mouth and he spoke, and he said, Mr. Gorbachev, take down that wall. That was as if God said, let there be light, and there was light. Gorbachev, take down that wall. What happened? All the walls, not just that wall. All the walls in Europe started to come down. The walls in Russia, the walls in Germany, the walls started to come down. One man spoke, but it wasn't Ronald Reagan. It was God. And you could be that man, you could be that woman, that God could just use your mouth to change world history. And I heard many, many testimonies at that time of people, of of leaders and intercessors who went to Europe when God, I know Cindy Jacobs is one, God told her, get on a plane, 
go over to Russia, put your hand on the wall, and say, wall, come down. And she was like, what? How can I tell anybody that? How can I do that? But she knew she heard God, and she said, okay, God, and she got on a plane, she went there, she just went there and put her little hand, her little woman hand, woman, on the wall, and said, wall, come down, and went home. And I heard other people say that too. So there, there was a preparation happening in the spirit. So when Ronald Reagan said, wall, come down, that thing came crashing down. Wow. And nobody could understand it. It was, the whole world was changing and, and we felt it, but could you understand it? Could you, what was happening? It was like with 9-11, with you knew the whole spiritual <coughs> dynamic was shifting, but what was happening? But God moves. God moves. He's not surprised. He has a plan. Have hope. He has a plan. People of God, he has a plan for this nation of Canada. Yes. Who is it was sent me an email that said, Andrew Shearer said, um, Justin Trudeau is asking for four more years, but uh, this was yesterday, but he's not even going to have four more days. <laughs> yes, Lord. Your days are numbered. Your days are up. Whoa. Whoa, the writing is on the wall. Your days are over. So, I don't know, I went off on that thing. So God has promised in his word that he will shake everything that can be shaken. This means that things that may, may take on a chaotic ex, uh, appearance, this can easily be deceived that, that uh, those not in union with God in heart and mind, that he's not in control. However, God says his ways are higher than ours. When God speaks, his power, his voice has power and it will shake things up. It will shake this world. And he promises, I will shake everything that can be shaken. So some stuff has to be shaken. So... The, the rotten stuff can be exposed and come to the surface and we can see and we can understand. Our minds have to be shaken so we can come out of this stupor and wake up and think, what, what have I been doing? What have I been yeah. thinking yeah. All, all along, you know? Wake up. Our foundations will be wake up. What are you building your life on? Right. What are you building your life on? Is it on God? Is it something eternal? that's going to last forever, or is it on things that are going to be shaken, and then you will be shaken, and you will fall? Yeah. We have a destiny in Christ, and our time is here. I'm going to briefly give you my a little bit of my testimony, and then I'm going to try and wrap this up. Um, you know, God, I was a, a fashion designer, and I was a partier. Clubs, drugs, parties, out every night, in the fashion industry, downtown Toronto. All my friends were party animals, and that was what I lived for. Until my father was a preacher, praying for me. <laughs> so he was dropping tracks.
tracks in my purse everywhere, all over my apartment. And he'd come, I'd find tracks everywhere. And uh, I'd be like, oh, But uh, anyway, it's got a too long of a story. I think I need to write a book. Yeah. I have the title already, The Journey of Faith. Oh. And um, yeah. so he, he just, I, I moved into a new apartment, downtown Toronto. Happened to be beside a lady who used to live with, with us in, in Belize where I was born. And uh, she was a missionary, a Chinese lady. And she uh, I moved in right beside her son. And then the day I'm moving in, the day I'm moving in, she says, she, she knocks on the door, can I come over? And I was like, I'm busy, I'm in the midst of boxes. She's a missionary, I'm like, I can't relate to you, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm busy. But she was a friend of the family, and I couldn't say no, and I was like, okay, come in. And she visited with us for a little, and then she said, can I pray for you? I was like, what? <laughs> but Martha was with me, uh, my sister, and she was like, okay, pray for us. Well, this little woman, that one prayer, that ended my life. <laughs> and a new life started. The next day, something invaded my apartment. Something that began to speak to me. And uh, turn my world up. I was shaken. I was shaken. I was all fashion. I was obsessed with fashion. Suddenly, I couldn't even think fashion. I couldn't even stand at my my my, my table and draw the pad. I couldn't do anything, and I had to come up with a line for fall. And I'm like, what's happening to me? What's happening to my world? And there's this voice talking to me, and you know, it happened one night. I had this dream, and he said wake up and I woke up and it was like two in the morning and he said read Jeremiah read about David and I was like what who's Jeremiah didn't know anything about the Bible I'm going fast because it's a long story but anyway my world changed God started to speak to me I started to speak to this voice that I didn't know and ask him questions and he would answer and um I started to learn the word, and then he said, give up that business, walk away from it, and um, follow me. And I had to. I had a group of, of women designers that I put together. We had a store at Young and Bloor, downtown Toronto, just opened, and it was all kinds of different designers, swimwear designer, hat designer, jewelry designer, so we had the store, Martha was running it, and I had to tell them, I'm walking away from this because God has invaded my life. They all, uh, we had a big meeting and I, 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 I was like just sweating, going there thinking, how am I going to say this? They have no concept. They were like me, party animals. And I said to them, I told them, I said, well, God showed up in my apartment and asked me to follow him. And I'm giving up the store and walking away. Uh, and they, they all looked at me, all like 10 pairs of eyes, like, what planet are you from? Are you crazy? Like, we just started a store. And, uh, and one girl, I, I was just, I felt so terrible. One girl said, after about, um, I don't know, it seemed forever of silence. Nobody said anything. She said, I think that that is beautiful. And that just released me. I was like, 
really? <laughs> and, uh, and so that was the end of that. And God said, okay, let's go. I'm taking you to a land. This is a scripture. He says, I'm taking you to a land that I will show you. Leave everything, family, friends, pack up, whatever. I, I was like a crazy woman, obedient to this voice. I packed up everything, sold everything, sat there with my little son in my boxes, and I'm okay, where now? And he said, I'm taking you to this land. I ended up in a village of about a thousand people in the middle of nowhere, where at night I couldn't see my hand. By a little white country church. And I'd sit on the stairs of the church because it was locked every day and cry every day. Wondering what am I doing in the middle of nowhere here? And um, he just took a hold of me, took a hold of this mind that was a crazy mind, selfish mind, just, uh, you know, just the world. It was just all of the world. And he took hold of me and began to teach me. And he said to me before I left, he said, Do not, in, in um, these James. Do not think it strange that the fire trial that is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. <laughs> and I thought, that doesn't sound good, God. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I went through the trial of my life. I almost lost my mind. I almost had a nervous breakdown as God rooted out all of the old faith, who I was, and rebuilt me literally on new foundations. And I became a new person. It was not pretty. It was not nice. He gave me this the, the story of, he says, remember Helen Keller? And taken up to the back house. <laughs> I was taken to the back house. And retaught and taught his word, taught his principles, taught everything. And he told me I would write. He told me I would speak on, on platforms and nations. And I laughed because I thought that's impossible. That's ridiculous. Because I was the, if I had the crown for fear, and I could not speak to anyone, I could not sit with someone and have a conversation. I was so terrified of people, and um, I laughed. But long story short, I have four or five or six books written. I have spoken on platforms, and he delivered me of that fear. I had every fear you could imagine take too long, I would drive up and down the road and pass the exit to get on the highway, up and down, up and down, up and down, trying to build up courage to get on the highway because I was terrified of highways. And God told me, there's the river, jump in. I saw the cars going, <laughs> he says, go in the river. I'm like, sweat, and I would drive, and I would cry because I could not get on the highway. And one day he delivered me. I'm a new person today. I couldn't even lift a hand to worship him. I am born again. I am not the faith. Ask my sister of who I used to be. And I just thank God. I can't imagine life without him. I can't imagine being that person still today. Who would I be? I'd probably, I don't know, give myself something. And um, he's amazing what he can do with a life. So the reason I'm telling you this is that absolutely nothing is impossible 
with a life given over to him, with obedience to him. He can go into that heart and he, he can make you be or do anything. All you have to be is to say yes. You know, I had no, I, I, I was a fashion designer. I didn't know anything about preaching or speaking or writing. I was the worst writer. I dropped out of school out of um, a failed English because I was too busy partying. I didn't have time to go to class. <laughs> and um, I mean, really, I was a party animal. This is Jamaica. That's, we went to the beach. We smoked weed. We, that's what we did. And anyway, so where was I? Yeah, so he, he has a plan for your life. Like he had a plan for mine. It's a good plan. That's right. It's yeah. awesome plan. Yeah. Nobody is excluded. Right. Anybody that says yes, he's like, okay, let's do it. I have a plan. He's been speaking and whispering things to you over the, the years that you feel, I wish I could do that or I'd like to do that, but you, maybe you've never done it. It's time now to do it. Arise, shine for your light has come. God has put light inside of you. That light is all the work he has done within you over the years of allowing Jesus the light to come forth in us. Allowing him to shine in us. And it's time to be who he called you to be. It's time to do what he asked you to do. We're not to fear the darkness or to be disturbed by the chaos. We are God's solution yeah. to the hour. <coughs> we're, we're wondering, what's God doing? It's just getting worse and worse and darker and darker. Yeah. Well, you are the solution. Yeah. You have strategies and plans in there. You know, and people are hearing God now and they're rising up and they're beginning to do that and they are changing uh, their, their circumstances, their families, their their cities, their nations. All it takes is to hear and be obedient. Hear and be obedient. Hear and be obedient. That's it. That's what I did. Hear and be obedient. Go here. Okay, God. Do this. Okay, God. I didn't want to do half of it, but I knew it was God. So how, how can you say no to God? Are <laughs> you going to tell God no? Some people do. It says, um, it is your time to shine. The Hebrew word or is or, and it's translated as shine, and it means luminous, glorious, set on fire to shine. That's who God intends you to be. It says, the Lord shall arise upon you. That word arise is zorak, and it means to irradiate or shoot forth beams, to rise as the sun. That's what God's saying about you. Wow. Rise up. Rise like the sun. Shoot out all your beams of glory onto the world. Do it. His glory shall be seen upon you. He will rise like the glory of the sun on a prepared army. The word used for glory is kabod, and it represents his weighty glory is going to rest upon you. We've... Um, so your light is ready. Your light is ready now. 
Your light has come. It says, Arise, shine, your light has come. It's ready. It's time. It's now. It's arriving on time. Your light is coming faster than the speed of light from outside the time, coming into time, into your life, and it is arriving on time. Your light has come. You have been chosen for this hour. How much time do I have? Eleven fifteen? Eleven fifteen. She has a schedule. Really? Eleven fifteen. Yeah. And then a break till eleven thirty. Yes. Yes. And then we shall till twelve thirty. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll stop a little early. Um, David Van Covering, I love him. He's he's just beyond us. He's he's into quantum physics and quantum faith. He calls it. His language and his lingo is like you have to really read it over ten times to really get what he's saying. But he said something interesting. He said God has chosen things which are not the invisible to bring to naught things which are the visible. The scripture makes sense. This scripture makes sense only when you understand it at the atomic and subatomic level. Everything is made up of atoms, which are frequencies of energy. Everything. Nothing is solid. Everything is alive and moving, made up of atoms. These frequencies of energy are the voice of Jesus causing all things to be. He's holding, the scriptures say, he's holding everything together. The moment he stops doing that, everything falls apart. So this is pretty incredible. So none of this is real in, the in this dimension because they exist only in a state of possibilities. This is something else. It says, until someone observes them. So he's saying when you look, when you observe these atoms, something incredible happens at that observation point, that potential becomes a thing a particle or a wave. So you can see or observe something God shows you that is not yet real in this dimension and by observing it, cause that potential to become your reality. And we can understand that in life, in simple things, you know. There are, we've heard testimonies of, say, a basketball player where he, I forget who it was, <coughs> just kept just seeing himself hitting the ball in, hitting the ball in, hitting the ball in, hitting the ball in. He was observing it, using his mind. I mean, you can use it on the bad side, <coughs> but you can use it as God intended it, to see what he wants you to see, to see you, how he wants you to become. So as you begin to see that thing, and not only see it, see that it is possible, receive it into your spirit and start to believe that thing, that thing has the potential to become reality. Something that was not becomes something that is. So, and that's the scripture, 1 Corinthians 1, 28. 
So be, he's saying, be careful what you see, because you might get it. Be careful what your eyes are gazing at. Be, be careful what you're allowing into your eye gate. Be careful what you say. You might get that too, he said. So from his glory, which is all the frequencies, he says, and his voice, which is all the frequencies expressed, all light, all energy, and all matter became. So matter is simply frequencies spoken by Jesus. This is a little maybe beyond us, but I just want us to stretch that it's not everything is not just uh, yeah. you know one plus one and you go about your daily life, cook your dinner, go home and sleep and whatever. There is there is amazing stuff yet to understand and be seen. Amazing stuff that God wants to do with you, with your life. Anything is possible. So it's, he says, when God spoke, all the frequencies of his glory came, became manifest. Everything became manifest. So light is traveling to us. Light from the other realm. Revelation being spoken into us. Are you perceiving it? Are you receiving it? Just ask God to... And I'm telling them, I just want to receive. I'm opening up my life. I'm opening up my mind and my heart and my spirit to receive all that you want me to see, to become all that you want me to become, to do all that you want me to do. He says, arise and shine for your light has come. It has come to release fresh and timely revelation, to move you into alignment with the movements of God. God's mighty arm will open to his great army, a great and effective door. That is scripture in Revelation. He will open an effective door for you to step into and begin to do and be what you are called to do and be. And just get excited just at the possibilities. I love that word, possibilities. I, I just Everywhere I hear it, my ears just perk up. Possible, say Possibilities. Let it just sink into your spirit. The possibilities. Oh, the possibilities. What could I do? Get excited about that. What has God called you to do? What is on your heart? What has he been whispering in your ear to do that maybe you're just a little hesitant about? Now is the time for your light. It has come. Uh, Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, and no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Your good deeds, your thing that he has called you to do before the foundation of the earth is going to bring glory to the heavenly Father and make him known that God is alive in this earth. We've got to make God known. I mean, I, I'm just amazed where everywhere I go and I hear people talking. I'm like, I realize they don't know God. They don't know God exists. They don't know the greatest and the best secret 
in the world. And the time is coming for them to know, but God is going to awaken and He's going to move and He's going to hover and He's going to brood and He's going to breathe. And people are going to awaken and you will be there to tell them the good news. Right? In this passage that I just read, it, the word light means to make manifest like fire. Says you are the light of the world. Make manifest like fire. Make known God. Make known that consuming fire that is God. It's um, and and to shine means to radiate brilliantly the light of the glory of God. Jesus is the light. He says, "I am the light of the world. The light of the world lives inside of you." He wants to escape out of this box that we put him in. You see, it's not meant to be a box, this temple. It's meant to reflect the glory of God, not to keep him hidden and covered. So, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God, this is a great scripture, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light to shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. That says it all. Let me read it again. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, the God in Genesis who said, let there be light, that God, that let light shine, made his light shine in our hearts. So he's saying, let there be light in the world. But he's saying, let there be light in you. Let there be light in you, Glenna. Let there be light in you, Martha. To give the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. We are to be the face of Jesus, to reflect Jesus. So yes, there will be chaos. Darkness works in chaos to promote an evil agenda. But God works in the chaos to shift circumstances to his agenda, to change seasons, to rebuild, to realign, to reorder, to restructure, to lay new foundations, to restore the ancient paths. Take us back to righteousness and the goodness of God, where the good way is. Yes, Lord, the Holy Spirit is brooding over the chaos and he will bring forth the will of God. God utters his voice and speaks into the chaos to recreate order and right. When we as his temple speak under the unction and the anointing of the Lord to declare his word with authority, we call forth what is not as though it were causing the future to come to collide and to crash into the present. We are calling it in. We're calling the future in. God's future, not any future, not any strange thing, not any new agey thing. We're calling God's intentions written in his word to come forth calling it into reality, calling it into being. 
with our words. It's time to stop begging God. (laughs) Start declaring what he has said and start believing it. We're not to fear the darkness or be disturbed by the chaos as we are God's solution prepared for this hour. The time is now to decree his word. He said, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and it will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That is not God's voice booming down from heaven speaking to the world. When he says that scripture, he's talking about what he's going to say through you. It will accomplish his word in your mouth. His word in your mouth will accomplish what his desire is and it will achieve the purpose for which he sent it. The message says, those words will do the work I sent them to do. When you speak those words, they will do the work he sent them to do. They will complete the assignment I have given them. The words. Those words he put in your mouth to declare they will complete their assignment. Keep speaking them. Keep speaking them. Keep speaking them. Whether it's over your children, whether it's over your job, whether it's over your life, whether it's over your nation, whether it's over your city. Keep speaking them. Keep declaring them. They will accomplish the assignment given to those words. So your light has come and it's time for you to decree in the darkness, wherever you see it, it it's time for you to decree, let there be light. Can you just stand for a second? Because I just want to decree over each one of you in Jesus' name with the authority that he's given us, given me as a leader, given all of us, we have authority. I am going to declare his word which he says it will accomplish his purpose. It will complete the assignment he has given these words. So therefore, I am saying to you and speaking into your spirit, arise and shine, for your light has come now in Jesus' name. So to God, I just pray as you go deep into everyone's spirit, God, open up all the ears now, open the spirits, open the understanding that they will perceive, that they will understand, that they will hear what you are saying to them, what you are whispering to them, what the incredible call is on their lives, the possibilities for each life here. Let them feel that expectation that you have for them in their spirit right now. There are a rumbling begins in their spirit, a rumbling of possibilities like, whoa, what am I going to do for God? I declare it in Jesus' name that you are a son of God, and that means daughters too. You are a son of God rising up in this hour, chosen for this hour, 
and your light will come forth. Your light will shine. You will accomplish your purpose. You will accomplish your purpose. You will hear the word of the Lord. I'm speaking it into your spirit. Open up ears. Open up ears. Open up ears right now and hear the word of the Lord. You will complete your assignment. In Jesus' name, you will know it. You will understand it. You will perceive it. And you will do it well. You are qualified. God says you are qualified. I speak that into your spirit. And any lying spirit that tells you other than that, you tell that spirit to go in Jesus' name. You are qualified. Open your mouth, he says, and I will fill it. I will fill it. Words will come forth, but you don't even know and you don't even understand. But they're coming forth and they're changing the atmosphere around you as you open your mouth, as you choose to be obedient, as you choose to partner with God. You are his partner. You are the partner and the friend of God. Open your mouth and he will fill it. Do not be afraid to speak because God is there to give you the words. Just speak from that place of rest, of knowing he lives inside of you and he loves the people that you are speaking to and his desire is for their very best and for their good. So I bless you in the name of Jesus to go forth and do that let this day be the beginning of a whole new history of your life. Amen. That it will never be the same. Because you're going forth as, an ar as the army of God. You're going forth to do what he called you to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Gee, I just think I had a big meal. I wonder if you feel like you've had a meal. I mean, you feel like you had a bit of meat this morning. Yeah. <laughs> meat. Uh, how many of you feel like we got some things to chew on? Oh my goodness. Wow.